Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. We had him on recently, but I wanted to have him back and, and also to bring him on the Sean Hannity Show, too. It's Paul Manafort. Paul, how are you? Good to see you again. Good to be with you. Yes, it is. You, you know, it's it's interesting that we, we had this big, long conversation, and I realized at the end of it, and I just watched the end of it again right before we started doing this, and uh, we just barely touched the surface of Ukraine. And you spend a lot of time there. You know exactly what the Biden connections are. And, and, and I want to get, if we can, full-throated into exactly what it is that we're seeing happening in that, in that country that none of us really cared about before very recently. By the way, get Paul's book. It's called uh, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced. And I hope that everybody will go and get this because finally we get to hear your side of things because you were made out to be the bad guy. So, so if you don't mind, let's get right into Ukraine. Sure. Um, why, why do we care? Is it because... Once uh, the Soviet Union or the former Soviet Union wants it to be more Russian and we want it to be more Western, or is there a lot more going on there? Well, there's a lot of geopolitical importance in the country. Um, you know, R- Putin believes that Ukraine is a part of Russia, not as a country, but as a part of greater Russia. Uh, Kiev, as you may know, is was the first capital of Russia. Yes. That, you know, and so he thinks that the greatest injustice done uh, to, in, in the last 40 years in the, to the Soviet Union was when Khrushchev gave Ukraine its independence. Khrushchev was Ukrainian and never thought that uh, Ukraine would ever be, uh, you know, fr- a free country. Right. So it, it was it was him looking good to his fellow countrymen without really doing anything to, to hurt the Soviet Union. Obviously, that ended up changing when the Soviet Union fell. And Putin always felt that, you know, Ukraine needs to be brought back into the fold. So there's 44 million people. It's the breadbasket of Europe. It's a, it's the second biggest country in your in, in part of Europe, and, uh, and so it does have real importance. Um, the the problem with Ukraine is the corruption, and uh, you know it's, it permeates everything there. Uh, we've been trying to change it. I tried to change it a little bit. It was not really possible. So I spent most of my time in Ukraine, and I was there for about 10 years and elected couple of parliament, the prime ministers and, and ultimately the president in 2010, uh, is I, I spent my time trying to bring Ukraine into Europe. That's what I was focused on. Um, and, and we got the we had to change our the economy, the economic laws, the legal structure, the the regulatory structure, work and at the demands and requirements of the uh, of the EU and the EC. Um, but we did it. And the reason Ukraine is becoming part of Europe in an extended way is because of the work that I did there. So that when they tried to make me the link to Russia, to Putin, I never thought it could have any legs because I was very publicly involved in the biggest thing Putin was opposing in in politics in the region, which was the getting Ukraine to be part of Europe. Uh, But in the world of Alice in Wonderland, you know, the media just kept repeating their lies. Uh, The Democrats keep, making up things about my involvement right? while I was in solitary confinement with a gag order on me. And, uh, and the, the story was created out of whole cloth. Well, I want to, I want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit if I, if we can, because I've got a little bit of knowledge, which is dangerous for somebody about Ukraine and the history of Ukraine. I'm not really sure. I understand why Russia thinks they have a, a, a stake to claim there. Uh, it's Paul Manafort. Go and get this book right now. It's called political Pr- prisoner persecuted, prosecuted, but not silenced. You get to hear his side of all the crap you've heard since 2016 about this man, he gets to now to, to give his response and retort. And I urge you to go and get this book. 
So I've looked at the history of Ukraine, and everybody's always wanted it. I don't care what the empire was. They all wanted control of that place. Is it because of the port? Is it because that's how you got goods to and fro? Um, uh, people will say Russia doesn't want Ukraine to be part of NATO, and Joe Biden was dumb enough to say that we're going to look at uh, Ukraine become, becoming part of NATO, so Russia gets to just invade their neighbor. So why is it specifically that Russia thinks they get to stake their claim? I understand it used to be the the the, 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 the capital of the country, but... Before that, everybody else thought they owned it. Why is it so important to Russia? Because it gives them access to the Black Sea. Okay. And, which is very important uh, ge- geopolitically and economically. Um, plus, Putin believes that this cre- recreating greater Russia is part of his uh, m- mandate uh, from God, I guess. Uh, because he's not just looking at Ukraine, although that's the biggest prize, but he's looking at Moldova, Georgia, uh, Estonia. Um, you know, sort of moving Belarus into a more formal uh, annexation. So he's got this this vision, and and if we're going to be the free leader of the free world, uh, we can't just let him enslave forty four million people. Right. And and so, you know, Trump had it had it right. He was giving weapons, and he was putting Putin on notice um, that uh, that uh, Ukraine needed to be independent. But he wasn't talking about NATO. I mean, that was sort of the dividing line. And uh, and during the Trump years, Putin backed off. But 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 NATO doesn't even want Ukraine, right? Because of the corruption there. That well, was never even a discussion. Why did Biden say that? Do you know? <laughs> Why? How does he say there's zero inflation in July? That's I mean, true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, that's the Democrats' problem having to deal with things that come out of his mouth. But but the ugly secret actually is. Even the Europeans are not hot on Ukraine being a part of, of Europe. Right. They feel like they have to uh, before it, so they talk the talk. But Merkel, for example, she was she she dragged her feet because she was basically part of the Putin orbit. You know, Nord Stream two, which is the pipeline from uh, Russia uh, to to Europe via Germany. You know, that was that was a Putin payoff to Merkel uh, to uh, to be slow in, in recognizing uh, Ukraine. Uh, as part of Europe. And by the way, that pipeline was going to gut Ukraine because it was the sole way in which uh, gas flowed to Europe. Um, But, you know, that plus, you know, the deals that he, Putin invested in through Deutsche Bank into Germany, uh, they they were not anxious to have Russia or Ukraine part of them, but they didn't know how to not be responsive to the intention of the Ukrainians to want to be part of Europe. And Obama basically let the Europeans take the lead. Right. Well, uh, well, well, under Obama, of course, Crimea was taken back by Putin. Uh, and then Trump comes in. Putin doesn't do anything. In fact, he stops the Nord Stream 2 from being built. He forces the EU to buy resources from us in, in li- liquefied natural gas. And then four days after Biden takes office, they start construction of Nord Stream again. So, I mean, w- were they afraid of Trump? Was he a wild card? Why did they? Why did they stop all of their aggression? And we could add Iran to that, and other bad actors around the world, North Korea, that stopped their aggression under Trump too. Why the difference? Why did they know they could get away with it under Obama, and they knew that they can get away with it now under Biden? Well, and one other point I'd add to what you just said is Trump also was giving them weapons that Biden wouldn't give them. I mean, that Obama wouldn't give them, and then Biden stopped doing. Right. He became president. So. The team that that Biden put into his administration was basically the Obama team in different chairs, uh, Sullivan and Blinken and Newland, um, you know, and Rice. Uh, the, and, and Putin understood that these people were weak, 
and that they wouldn't defend America's interest. Uh, and he understood that what he got under Obama was an opportunity to even expand under Biden. Uh, and you're right, Crimea, there was no consequence to him. Nothing. He just really rolling into Crimea and usurping it. And then he caused, put turmoil into Eastern Ukraine uh, that said, and, said, and forced the settling up of temporary autonomous war zones. Um, and so when Trump became president, Trump put him on notice. I mean, and, you know, Trump's whole style of foreign policy, which you know, was to conf- deal with the people personally, let them understand where he stands. And of course, the West went crazy about that. The global Davos types went crazy about that. They weren't attacked him. But right. his meetings with Putin, his meetings with Kim Jong-un, uh, you know, they were important meetings to put those countries on notice, those leaders on notice. And coincidentally, nothing happened in the Trump's term in either of those hotspots. Well, it was, if I remember right, that was much like what Reagan did with Gorbachev. And, and when you saw those meetings in, in Iceland, you knew that Reagan was walking in, whether he had the leverage or not, whether he had the upper hand or not, he was going to pr- portray that he did. Uh, and, and he walked in and, and he got Gorbachev walking out smiling and almost laughing because... Reagan said, we'll just knock your, your missiles out of the sky. We don't care. We've got we've got defenses that you can never touch. You better not even play the game. And then saying publicly, tear down the wall. I mean, that, that was going from strength, but it was strength face-to-face, eye-to-eye, behind closed doors, which is what Trump was willing to do as well. Biden doesn't leave the basement much, so he's not going to do that. And, and, and I think that he wants to make us look weaker anyway. It's not really about him being incompetent. I think he wants us to be weakened to the point that we have to rely on some global authority. Do you agree with that, that he's trying to make us as weak as possible so that we have to become the globalist that he sees us as, as being? Well, he does not see America's role to, in the world to lead. Yes. He sees America's role to have a seat at the table and ha- not even a, a prominent seat, but right. an um, and and. Uh, and and, and Blinken has got the same attitude. Sullivan's got the same attitude. Um, and this is his foreign policy team. So, and Putin understands this. I mean, he's a KGB trained guy. He understands all of this. And so when he saw the Obama people moving into the Biden administration, and then he saw that Biden removed the sanctions on Nord Stream 2, and then he sees the debacle in Afghanistan, Putin starts to say, okay, I'm just going to move in. And so he starts announcing in August, that he's going to move into Ukraine, start moving troops, and he's telling everybody and what he's going to do. And nobody wants to believe it, <laughs> but it was apparent. And he was just waiting for winter because that's when the Russians always start their invasions. And the, and the good news is that Trump had put enough weapons into Ukraine that the Ukrainians were able to defend themselves in the beginning, anyhow, against what was supposed to be a blitzkrieg invasion by the Russians. And, and Putin didn't understand, and I don't think anybody in the West understood something that I did understand. Yeah, uh, I had done. I probably did over a hundred polls in Ukraine, you know, from 2005 to 2014. I understand the country very well, and I understood something about Eastern Ukraine. Ukraine's two countries: Western Ukraine is more European, Eastern Ukraine is Russian Orthodox uh, Ukrainians. And in all of my polls, the Eastern Ukrainian. Eastern, Eastern Ukrainians living in the East who were of Russian ethnic heritage wanted to protect their religion, which was an important part, which is Russian Orthodox versus Ukrainian Orthodox. They wanted to protect their language. They wanted to protect their culture, but they also wanted to protect their freedom. And they understood the difference between freedom in the Ukraine and freedom in Russia. And there was never a poll of mine when I always ask this question of probing 
would you like, like to be, go back, have Ukraine become a part of Europe uh, or part of Russia? There's never a poll of mine where more than 5% of the Russian Ukrainians uh, ever said well, they wanted to go to Russia. Wow. See, so, it, it's been portrayed to us, Paul, as you know, by the left media, that they all want to be part of Russia. And that's why, you know, they're, they're sort of the uh, the revolutionary force that wants to make Ukraine part of Russia again because the ethnic Russians want that. You're saying they don't. They don't. The people don't. The people don't. And, and here's the other misnomer. The, the businessmen, the oligarchs of Ukraine, they wanted to go to Europe, too. Wow. And, and the reason they wanted to go to Europe was very clear if you understood the, the game. Yeah, to the, they were the, the, the backwater junior businessmen to Russian oligarchs. They got no respect. Um, yeah, they were big dogs. These are billionaire people who had, were, were important in the, it, with dealing with steel, dealing with aluminum, dealing with ore, dealing with agriculture. And there was a network that they could work with the Europeans on where they'd be respected as businessmen, be able to make money that was legitimate uh, and keep it uh, and, be, and be sort of uh, uh, recognized in the West. So between the Russian, I mean, the Ukrainian oligarchs and the Ukrainian and Russian ethnic people in the East, there was no mandate for Putin, none. And so when he invaded, the fact that Ukraine had the weapons they needed, they were able to do guerrilla-type warfare and, and and push back the blitzkrieg. And, and, and by the way, they had the, the, the weapons they needed because Trump sent them the same weapons that he was illegally impeached over allegedly not sending because you wanted dirt on Biden. That whole thing was such BS. Uh, I'm glad that you that you said a few times they had the weapons and they had it from Trump, whereas Biden and Obama didn't want to send them. It's Paul Manafort. Get his book. It's called Political Prisoner. Persecuted, prosecuted, but not silenced. I just got an incredible education on Ukraine and we could probably talk about it for three hours. Unfortunately, I've got about a minute, minute and a half. And I want to ask you a couple of questions. Number one, who is uh, the... Who do you fear the most when it comes to our American way of life? Is it Russia or is it China? Who's our worst uh, enemy right now, even if we're not saying it out loud? Well, I mean, I, I'm of a different school. I think Russia is the biggest enemy. I mean, China, if I mean, you read Kissinger's book on China and you understand how China's always been sort of protective of their own interests in their region. Right. And, and it's their civilization that they're trying to protect. And, and there's a case to be made that you know, that China under Xi Jinping is looking to to, to get greater, greater China, which includes Taiwan, uh, into its orbit, uh, and including the South China Sea. But they haven't looked at going into other countries. Russia has gone into uh, Georgia. They've gone into uh, uh, Ukraine. Uh, they show tendencies of trying to take over countries uh, whereas China, it's a different game. So, I mean, I think, the, I mean, there's a China scare right now and, and we are legit, should be legitimately watched. Yeah. But I don't, I think the eminent current danger to freedom is, is what's going on with Russia. Now you could say inside China, there's not freedom. That's a different issue, different discussion and what our role in that needs to be. But right. I, I, Russia to me is the eminent threat because Putin is a megalomaniac. Uh, he's a, he's a, a despot, and he's somebody that doesn't care about his own public opinion. 
He will do what's necessary to create his greater Russia. Well, what I learned from this conversation, Paul, is that we have to do it again very soon. We just have to keep on having these conversations because there's so much knowledge that you have that the American people unfairly uh, were, were not, they were kept from it. Uh, you were a bad guy. He's uh, got to go to prison. He's got to go to solitary confinement. He's bad, bad, bad. He's a foreign agent. Uh, I'm glad that you're out here speaking the truth. I'm glad that you're giving this knowledge to us because we really need it. Political prisoners, the name of the book, persecuted, prosecuted, but not silenced. Get it on Amazon. Get it anywhere you get fine books. And Paul, do me a favor. I promise you'll come back again soon. Absolutely. As many times as you want me, Joe. All right, brother. I appreciate you. We're back after this on the Sean Hannity Show. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for, for stopping by. Yeah, I, I played the Paul Manafort interview on, on Hannity earlier when I filled in for Sean. That's why that out was like that. But you guys got more, about two, two and a half minutes more of the interview simply by uh, by checking it out on this program as well. So I appreciate him coming on. I appreciate you stopping by. Got to tell you about Eden Pure. These thunderstorm air fresheners are amazing. Not even air fresheners, air purifiers is what they are. And uh, they do a great job. It smells like you you're actually had a thunderstorm come through your house. And uh, without damaging anything, for goodness sakes. But th- that fresh and clean smell is what's left behind. It freshens your home. Musty, mildewy smells, they vanish after the few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. Over 265,000 of these have been sold. You know that it works. And any odor is going to disappear. I'm talking litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more. Are no match, no filters to buy either. You save money that way. Go right now and get you some of these. They've got a special deal, three units for under 200 bucks, a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that can go for over $600. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room, your kitchen, or anywhere you need clean, fresh air. Get this special right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code P-A-G-S, the number three. EdenPureDeals.com, all one word, EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code PAGS3. You're going to get three of these for less than 200 bucks. Shipping is also free. Make that out. Let's do some pop culture. Up. Hi, Paula, what's going on? Talk to me. So you know how everybody was on Chris Rock's side for the most part? Um, yes. With the whole thing with Will Smith. So apparently he, he made a comment the other day, I don't know if you saw this, where he was basically saying that if they were to invite him to go back to the Oscars, it would be like Nicole Brown Simpson going back to the restaurant. Wow. But yeah. And so, of course, now everybody's you know going after him and even his, her sister is calling him out for it. The restaurant's named the Mezzaluna, by the way. That's Polo, that's Sam, that's Carrie, I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow. Have a great